You're listening to Clack Radio, produced by members of the Anti-Capitalist Convergence of Montreal. In the lead-up towards the Take the Capital mobilization in Ottawa on June 26th and 27th, people converged in Ottawa for a three-day teach-in. The teach-in covered themes of NEPAD, the New Partnership for Africa's Development, the global resistance to borders and the crackdown on immigrant and refugee communities, and the mobilizations around the world against the G8. Nandita Sharma, an organizer from Vancouver with Open the Borders, spoke at the teach-in. In this program, we will feature Nandita Sharma's presentation on the global struggle against borders, the G8, and nation-states. Figures for the year 2000 show us that the G8 control about 68% of the world's economy, while their combined population makes up less than 14% of the world's population. With their economic and military strength, and with their ability to impose IMF, World Bank, and WTO commands on the world's population, the G8 sits at the very pinnacle of the current global governance system. The national states that make up the G8 and the capitalist practices that they help to organize are responsible in large part for what I would like to talk about tonight, which is the present worldwide crises of displacement and international migration. First, to talk about displacement. Within the G8, and I think it's important to understand that displacement is occurring within the G8 nation states as well, Within the G8 and in every other part of the world that their policies have power, there is the displacement of indigenous peoples caused by the everyday practices of colonialism. In their greed for oil, diamonds, trees, fish, bauxite, copper, nickel, and every other thing, indigenous peoples are forcibly displaced by G8 policies from their traditional lands and either forced onto ever-shrinking reservations or into urban centers where their impoverishment is the greatest of any group. In British Columbia, indigenous peoples, which is where I'm currently living, indigenous peoples are subjected to the highly colonial racist referendum where the non-indigenous majority is asked to vote on whether indigenous peoples' inherent rights ought to be respected or not. All of this in order to continue to clear-cut, destroy the fish reserves, and continue to drill for raw materials for industrialization. Other acts that displace people that we're going to talk about all weekend include war and militarization, of course. Over the last year, the military budgets of each G8 country has risen beyond all previous precedents. This war machine is about ensuring that ultimately, and no matter what, the G8 national states will be able to back by force the demands of capitalists for whatever it is that they want. Raw material, vast tracts of land, and people's cheapened labor. As a result, few of the world's people have been able to live in peace since the advent of the capitalist system and the national state system that arose with it. In Colombia, where billions of dollars are flowing in through a U.S. Congress-backed plan, to destroy opposition against capitalist development, and through Canadian state and private private investment in oil, hydroelectric power, mining, and telecommunications, Canada is the second largest investor in Colombia right now. Through these so-called development projects, over 40,000 people have been murdered in the last decade alone, and currently over 2 million people have been uprooted from their local communities. In Colombia, where indigenous peoples have been reduced to only 2% of the population, they make up 
35% of those who have been displaced. In Afghanistan, where over 4 million people have been displaced in the biggest refugee crisis in the world, the ex-advisor to oil giant Unicol, Hamid Karzai, is now the head of the puppet government installed by warlords in the G8 and backed up by their Afghan equivalents. Unsurprisingly, the go-ahead has been given for the construction of a $2 billion gas pipeline through Central Asia post-September 11th. As people from Afghanistan sit in lines and lines and lines of refugee camps. Another major cause of people's displacement is the devaluing and destruction of the rural economy and the communities that it supports. Across the world, hundreds upon hundreds of millions of people are being displaced as their small-scale farms and other self-sufficient activities are destroyed and their land seized by either state or private forces, again in the name of development. We can see the total devaluing of small-scale rural economies within official G8 circles and the think tanks that are their intellectual lackeys. The G8 tells us that there are certain places in the world, especially in Africa, that do not, quote, participate in the world economy, unquote, and that their supposed non-participation is the cause of their impoverishment. A report last week from the C.D. Howe Institute said that Africans need to integrate themselves into the world capitalist economy by becoming even more reliant on the exports of their collective wealth. Oxfam has even gotten into playing this trade as aid game. Jean Chrétien is promoting such thinking under the guise of the plan for Africa at the upcoming G8 meetings. It is a cruel joke indeed to promote the idea that the most impoverished peoples in the world are not participating in the world economy, or the notion that Africa has been ignored by the rich for too long, as is often stated by UN Secretary General Kofi Annan, and repeated incessantly on the editorial pages of every corporate-owned uh, newspaper in this country, as well as by the national state leaders in Africa through their new Partnership for Africa's Development, NEPAD. The, tr the truth is that the biggest problems facing the majority of people in Africa and in the rest of the world today is precisely that they have been forced to be part of the global capitalist system. Africans have been anything but ignored by the world over the last 500 years. <coughs> Africans' integration into the world capitalist economy began with the abduction and enslavement of millions of their sisters and brothers for the economic growth engines of capitalism of yesteryear, and continues to this day as capitalists continue to plunder local communities for their wealth. Agribusinesses and the exploitation of sea life for export have also drained Africans of their wealth to the benefit of largely northern-based capitalists, national states, and populations. It is precisely their integration into the global capitalist economy that is causing massive levels of displacement within Africa. In Sudan, the heavy capitalist investment in oil extraction fuels a war against peoples whose lands are on top of the oil reserves. There are about 4 million people today who are internally displaced within Sudan and another half million who are living as refugees in various neighboring countries. So that oil corporations like Calgary-based Talisman uh, can get their oil. The Canadian national state has ignored every report urging it to force Talisman's disvestment from Sudan. 
The destruction of rural communities is legitimized for many through the acceptance of the myth that tells us that people would be much better off, happy even, if they were to lose their self-sufficiency, if they were to go beyond subsistence to mass consumerism, if they were to become workers in a capitalist economy instead of peasants toiling the land. To hurry this along, rural economies and therefore rural communities all over the world um, is leading to the loss of land for small-scale farmers. Small-scale farmers are losing their lands to agribusinesses, to mega-development projects, losing them to deserts created by man-made ecological disasters, and the result of integrating into the world economy is famine. Famine on a continent such as Africa, blessed with the greatest biodiversity on the planet. Ten million people in Africa currently face death by starvation. If they are able to, people facing starvation move. The crisis of displacement, therefore, leads to the crisis of mass migration. The migration of human beings today is at a scale that is totally unprecedented in human history. Over 150 million people every year cross international borders. 150 people every year means 1.5 billion people throughout the 1990s crossed international borders. That's a doubling of international migration from what existed 15 years prior to that, and it is expected to double again in the next 10 years. monopoly in determining when and if people can move. In a world where global capitalism is accelerating people's displacement and migrations, the struggle to defend all immigrants, all migrants, regardless of the way that the state classifies them, the demand to dismantle the global system of national states, the absolutely revolutionary and very anti-nationalist demand that no one is illegal is absolutely pivotal in the struggle against racism, against capitalism, and against patriarchies. Throughout the G8 countries, true solidarity with anti-imperialist, anti-colonial struggles of indigenous peoples, of peoples in the global south, of oppressed and exploited peoples in the global north means absolutely adopting a no-borders approach. We need to delink our ideas of community from the oppressive idea of the nation. We need to delink our ideas of home from the nation state. We need to delink our identities from nationalities. <coughs> Not only cross the line, but question the very legitimacy of the line makers that will change this world, that will bring about justice and peace for this earth and every living thing on it. For example, unions could and should educate and encourage their members to not go along and enforce deportation orders. In fighting the agenda of the G8, we will pose a serious challenge to the New World Order if we position ourselves uh, in the line-shattering words of the Sans Papier movement in Europe to live in a world where no one is illegal. You've been listening to Clack Radio. To get on the bus for Ottawa and join the actions against the G8, visit Quebec2001.net. Email busottawag8 at ziplip.com or call 514-931-2377.
Buses will be leaving Montreal on June 25th at night and June 26th and 27th in the morning. The ride to Ottawa is $10. To find out general information about the G8 and the Ottawa mobilization, visit www.takethecapital.net. The next CLAC General Assembly, where you can plug in to the Take the Capital mobilization and CLAC's efforts in Montreal, is June 19th at Lix, 182 St. Catherine East at 7 p.m. Metro Barry UCAM.